Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Hey everybody, this is Prophet Ashley kicking off this evening's episode of ABCs of Apostleship. Scripturally organic, culturally unmodified, discipling apostolic Christians. This keeps growing and growing and growing and I am thrilled about it. Last Tuesday, Dr. Price went in on us about advancing in your prayer language, taking speaking in tongues to the next level, and thinking about your heavenly language just like you would our natural one. Anybody you know who's an adult of any level or even an older child still sounding the same way they did when they first started talking, you would say there is an issue somewhere, a learning disability, a neurological breakdown. Maybe they've had poor teachers and you'll begin to examine the situation and change it, rectify it, give them a tutor, get them caught up. And so I want to encourage you all to go back and listen to last Tuesday and get caught up in your prayer language. Press yourself into the next level. I'll tell you what made me grow was praying with Dr. Price and people, well, there's really no one like her, but praying with her crew and her team. It will cause you to come up or it will cause you to get out of the prayer circle. But either way, you will find out what your limits are. And so she talked about that. It was challenging. It was challenging for me. And I, you know, think I do okay in that area, but we can always stretch. We can always grow and press in toward what God is doing. She said, grow your tongues up. Goodness, who says that but Dr. Price, grow your tongues up. Everybody wants you to do what's comfortable, what feels good, how God moves on you, but not the apostle. And she talked about Paul. And though I speak in the tongues of men and of angels. She broke it down. Go back. I'm going to snatch that thing down and use it in our training program. For our ministerial foundations, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, that part of it, and the different ways of praying, the different levels, and and she just went, as we say, all the way in. And she said, power never lies in our carnality. Say, Selah, in that moment? You mean, I mean, carnal? Carnality is an easy thing to slip into. And we, we say carnality, and a lot of times we think witchcraft or some kind of, like, way off base, deep in the deep realm of darkness kind of thing. But carnality is not always that. Dr. Price! <laughs> well, carnality is you being human. Oh, there it is. And we're always that. And, and it's you being human from your historical self, not your redemptive self. See, because Jesus was human. But he was redeemed. He was the redeemer, and he came to be the redeemer. But he was not human from his historical self. Your historical self is all the comforts, actually, that you have, and your habits, and this is just how I am, etc. And this is just how I do. And, and yeah. But you know something, actually, before I get to why uh, what I want to do tonight, most people don't realize this, that the New Testament calls. Uh, witchcraft, the work of the flesh. It does. So it's carnality. Mm-hmm. It's just carnality playing with them, you know, demonic. <laughs> so they both. 
you know. And, and, and you have to recognize that a lot of um, unbelievers, they're really comfortable with their devils. A lot of unsafe folks, they're really comfortable with their demons. I think that was a, a real shock to my evangelical soul. Oh, my God. Although it made total sense mm-hmm. that not everybody actually wants to be saved. No. I remember you saying, oh, there are a lot of people who don't want to go to hell. They don't want Jesus. They don't want Jesus. They don't want to live with him either. They, and they want him out of their world. There are a lot of Christians who want Jesus out of their world. If you're one of those Christians, I want you to check the C-H-R-I-S-T on your salvation because there <laughs> might be another end and not Jesus Christ. Because you cannot want to spend forever with somebody that you don't want to tolerate in this temporal world. But, Ashley, what's coming up? The Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. Yay! You did it. I did. Right on cue. You did it. And and when is it coming? It is June 21st through the 24th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It starts in the afternoon. Uh June 21st. Yep. And we roll all the way through Saturday. Actually, we roll over. The event officially ends Saturday early afternoon. But Sunday, we still have church in the hotel for all of our guests to stay over. And now every event, more and more people stay over. Because we also have. Because they need one more service with Dr. Price. Well, and they know I lay on, I usually lay hands on everybody personally on Sunday. You notice that, did you? I mean, we have them laid out in the road. They get, they, get yeah. they, get they get the triple juice. That event juice. Yeah. And so, um, and then we have Sunday dinner as a fam. Yeah. We go on Saturday after the event for lunch. Yes. And then Sunday after church. And then we send home the few who are sending home. But this year, we have a few that are not going home because they're already home because they come home to Tulsa. That's right. We have a working with us to set up. <laughs> we know how to put a transplant to work. Get, yeah. you, get you engrafted, plant you right deep roots here. And carry this box. Oh, my goodness. And speaker, please. And, and people come in early to help now? Yes, they do. They, they're t- they're because we have become team to preach. We are family. We are a team. And what I love about the Tulsa Society Training Institute is the genuine academic setting. Yeah, it is a step in that is. You are coming to go to school. You build friends. We build relationships. There's a whole lot of love, mm-hmm. a whole lot of worship. The Spirit of God is so strong and potent. Nobody sleeps during the event. No, no, no. Because, and then you have so much to talk about. You do. And it's like that exciting, sleepless night. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my goodness, I went to my room and God was talking. And then I was so tired. And as soon as I laid my head down, I was like, my eyes popped wide open. And then I was thinking about this, this, this. And then the next thing I do, it was time for more. And so much excitement. Especially with prophets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, prophets are, you know, they're, they're God's enthusiasts. Yes, you're chilling. <laughs> you're chilling, you no, know. No, go, no. Get it, God, get it, do it. Hey, yeah, yeah. so everything. And then bring the word of the Lord. Yes. I'm excited. Who do we have coming? Come on, don't you remember stuff? Yes, well, you will be there. I got an invitation again this year? Yes, and I want to say to everybody that Dr. Price teaches the general session. So everybody yes. gets Here's to me. hear and learn from Dr. Paula Price. And you don't want to miss this one because I have new stuff and good stuff coming about the future of the prophetic, and you are part of it. And you have to find out how you're going to be part of it. And who else do we have? We have Apostle Nona Parker. Yay! And she's bringing a 
delegation. Yes, she, I'm so, honey, I think she's going to break our numbers this year, you know? Yeah, she's bringing the delegation. Trying to show off. She's climbing up in the teens. I'm like, wait a minute. We're about to get, he breaks break some 20s in a minute. She will be speaking. Dr. Sharon Billings yes. is being introduced to. They're going to love her. The Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. I love, what I love about having an intelligent leader is you pull in smart people. Oh, yeah. And well, you know, people are not real smart. They just don't tend to like to want to be around me. They I'm, don't, so, I'm not taking it personal. No. And even the super, super duper people who flow in the super duper deeper of the gift <laughs> also <laughs> feel like they need to study a lot yes. when they come. Yes. And then we also have Minister Nashawn Walker. Tell them about Minister Nashawn. He's, he's also new to us. He is new to us as well. We met him in Chicago. But he lives in Harrisburg area, Pennsylvania. Your neck of the woods. My dad was his wife's middle school principal. No. Talk about small world. She was like, Clater, is this from? Are you kidding me right now? Yes. But anyway, that's a sidebar. I was a true sidebar. We need it. And so he has an amazing testimony of why he should be on death row pretty much right now. And he's not got saved in prison from a life. He said, what, uh, crime was a family business? Yeah, he said, as a matter of fact, he didn't know crime was illegal. Right. You know, this is what they did, <laughs> you know. And got saved, radically saved, saved to the soul. And he's a, is, is he a rapper? He's a rapper. And a singer. He's a teacher. He does. Everything. The whole night. But he is powerful for young men. You know, this year we're bringing teens anyhow. They are going to love this young man. So bring your young people, bring your teens. I'm telling you, we had an opportunity to meet him, and I'm just a great, I didn't meet his wife, you actually did, but great man of God, great young man, very powerful, very successful, like super successful. So we have him. Yes, and then in the evening. And we have an evening. Yes, we have an evening. In our Total Prophetic Training Institute, we have our breakout workshop training track. Where you and your apostles, the ones that are chosen to be at the room, you go upstairs to the high places and discuss things of apostleship, yes. kingdom and whatnot. Downstairs, myself, Assistant Chief Prophet, Chief Prophet Paul Price, Regional Prophet Adia Peterson, and Regional Prophet Paul Sears are teaching in the training tracks. We have all new subjects this year, all new topics for them, and um, sinking our teeth into it. So the prophets are downstairs in their tracks, breaking down, and then they're also assigned a project. Right. Which this year we're introducing earlier in the event. We have time for them to work on them. And, and we have the projects because prophets are supposed to be thought leaders, not excuse breeders. So we, you come here to be equipped as thought leaders and not excuse breathers, all right? So you want to be good at what you do. We are on God's divine communication staff. Actually, wouldn't it be nice if we could communicate? Thank you for your registration and your prayers and your praise and your worship. So if you come to this event, 
Don't promise friends and family You're that they will have time to see you while the event is in place. No, don't do that. Because this really is like going to school. Bell rings. <laughs> Everybody in the building. I know that's the truth. And, but, you know, isn't it ironic, though, the people that come don't want that? You know, we tend to get people like, wait a minute, after we have the first morning, they're like, hold on, we, we don't do late. We don't, we don't do late. We, you, you will not have to worry about us having a, 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 a pumped-up move of God at 930. We don't do that. This is empowerment. This is for professional ministry. This is professional-grade Christian assembly. Well, what I love is the event breaks the erroneous belief that God doesn't move, move within schedule. Baby, we got we got a nursery. Oh, we got a nursery, baby. That woman and God got something going on. I don't know what it is, but I, she stand up in heaven and say, "All right, we are. Let's do it." I have seen very few people where the spirit. Well, I've seen people respond mm-hmm. because humans respond according to whatever you know appeals to them. But with this woman, I watched the spirit of God and the angels respond. And she's just going to keep going at it until? Oh, until it's done. Until it's done. Until it's a strong event. It's always it's a strong event. And we, and we have prophecy. We do all of those yeah. things. But you know what we don't do? We don't go ahead of the Holy Ghost. We don't go behind the Holy Ghost. And we certainly don't go in place of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. So if he, whenever God's ready to move to the next thing, you know, I'm a firm believer that God can read. What do you think? You think God can read? Well, I'm, try, I'm still trying to read the Bible. So oh, thank you. <laughs> Clearly he can read. <laughs> All right. And, you know, people are so surprised when well, it's mm-hmm. the first time. I think they'll be less surprised now because they've been able to follow you yes. their teaching for over a year, our new people. But they were surprised that they didn't come in and, oh, like you said earlier, this move of God completely wiped out the entire morning schedule and afternoon. And so you're not going to get those teachings. It's meeting. No. First of all, you, I, I, when I read my Bible, every time I studied the Bible, and especially when I read the Gospels mm-hmm. about the Lord Jesus Christ, he always taught. No matter what, Jesus taught. If there's a thing that said, well, you know, he went there, he could do no mighty works, right. but he taught. He cast the devil out of the madman of Gadara, and then he taught. And he always taught because the whole essence of Jesus Christ and Christianity is that you learn how to live every day God's way and preparing and preparation for being with God forever. So we, we teach. What a notion. What a notion. So I don't, I don't do it. We don't have fake moves and whatnot. Our, 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 and let me tell you something. I don't have a band to sit there, and you just sit there, and you look all deep and artistic. No, you're going to come on down with the rest of the crowd. Yes, you are. You're going to learn something, baby, because I'm going to tell you something. I need to know that you can pick out Christ music from everybody else. So, yeah, I need you to come on down. So we don't have it. You don't have to worry about it. We don't do those kind of things. Now, if that's what you want, you're probably going to be a little bit disappointed, but I don't think so. I think you're going to find out that you have an appetite for more than you think. So you don't want to miss it. Go to my website, drpaulaprice.com, and get ready to be a part of something powerful, the praise, the worship, the, the prophetic, everything, the whole package. And if our people are on, some of them can tell you, come on, I know you guys are on there. You know, my family, they, they, they tune in. 
but share their testimony and let them know this is not that. You know, until I started getting on Periscope, people thought because I wrote a dictionary that I was dry. And so they would say, I'm not a person. You know, I have blood. It bleeds. You know, it runs. Uh, you know, I get hot. I get hot. I get cold. You know, I have all of that. But but that's the manifestation of the Lord Jesus Christ because the full new, new creation is not stodgy. You can't be full of the joy of the Lord and stodgy. You know, you cannot. You can't. You have to. God is full of joy. So, you know, you're going to have the joy of God and the wisdom of God and the intelligence of the Almighty, the Logos, and the Rhema, and on it goes. I'm excited, guys. As you can see, I'm excited. I'm getting all wound up. Ah, ah, I'm wound up. And I still wrote a dictionary. Yes, you did. And a ton of other books. Because I don't just operate on one side of my brain. My brain is not single-dimensional. Because the brain of Jesus Christ is not single-dimensional. And I ask for the mind of Christ. Be careful what you ask for, boy. That mind is something else. I'll be like, oh, gee, stop. But that's okay. He's my honey. So, and, and, and I'll tell you something. God, he told me, I, I want you to do so, so God, I can't do that. Do you want to do it? Yeah. Okay, then you can do it. What? I'm telling you, the Lord, I have nothing that he asked me to do that I can't do. I don't care what it is. I'll learn it, and if I can't learn it, he just, whoop, there it is. Okay, now you're ready. Huh? So you don't know that side of God because you're too busy letting everybody tell you you can only do one thing. You got jobs telling you you can only do one thing. Well, you can only do one thing at a time. That's Yeah, they don't want to pay you for all that, everything else you can do. I have no limits. Now, I'm telling you, I have not walked on water. But then I haven't been to water close enough to walk on. But I do believe that if that was the will of God concerning me, I'd be walking on water and air. Because that's how much God wants to make his power known and his glory known. And we miss the point that God did all of this not to work himself into extinction. He did all of this to work himself out of a job so that he could go and be glorified. He can watch and say, oh, I did that. Uh, I did this. Somebody, I'm talking to you tonight because the Holy Spirit is asking you to do something that everybody around you is telling you is stupid. Mm. And, well, you, you're going to burn out. Oh, people used to tell me that all the time. You're going to burn out. And so I went to God. I said, God, they said if I keep going, I'm going to burn out. He said, are you burning out? No. He said, well, why aren't you burning out? I said, I, I, I don't know, God. I like what I'm doing. He said, you burn out when you don't like it. When you stop liking it, it begins to be a drain. I still love what I'm doing for this man. I have loved it in 1982. I loved it in 1985, 93, 98, 2002, 2005, 2015. I'm going to like it in 3,500 3, if I still be around in Jesus' time. I love it because God gives you life for life. The only way ministry wears you out is if you're in your wrong place or you're applying the wrong attributes to what you're doing. Because when all of that stuff is in alignment, Prophet Ashley said to me the other day, she said, you know, sleep is getting in my way. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't take care of yourself. Please take care of yourself. You should get a good night's rest. But when you are in your purpose, you don't need a lot of sleep. People need a lot of sleep because they're out of purpose. Your body is like a machine. It's just churning, it's running, churning out nothing. 
But when you hit that place where you tap into that enthusiasm and you tap into zeal and you tap into excitement and you tap into interest and you tap into productivity, when all of those other emotions and sentiments come online with purpose, you don't get fatigued. Your body needs strength. I want to tell you, my body needs strength, but I personally don't burn out. They'll tell you I don't. They've been with me. You've been with me for how long? Oh, 17 years. I don't burn out. Now, I have their days that I, I need a break. As a matter of fact, I don't even need as many breaks as folks need. But I am what I am because this, I am not just doing something for God. I am being what that version of him that he needs to show up in this person. I am being that version of him that he needs to show up in this purpose. Oh, that's a good statement. I don't know about you, but somebody ought to be wrapping your head around that right now. See, you keep trying to do this. I'm, I just keep, I'm doing this for the Lord. No, because a lot of stuff we're doing for God, God didn't need. But when you become the purpose, something that they talk you out of every day, now, you don't want to be caught up in that. Well, you know, you are not just a single um, um, a dimensional person or whatever else they tell us. None of that worked for me. As you can see, it didn't work for me. It didn't work. I kept writing. I kept reading. I kept researching. I kept preaching and teaching. I kept loving on my family and loving, loving my church. I just kept doing it. Now, that doesn't mean that human issues don't happen. But I don't live in my human issues. I live in my purpose. I address my issues. I live in my purpose. I address my issues. And I address them when they get in the way of my purpose or when God says it's time to loose that and let it go. So I'm telling you, somebody here needs to hear that. You know, we have taught you purpose as if it's something you step in and out. If it's a purpose, the word purpose, the last four letters are position. And they, have, they begin with pose. So if you are posed in that place that God created for you and created you for, stepping in and out of it is not something that you do. Because it talks to you, you talk to it. It grips you, you grip it. Y'all having fun yet? Are you having fun? Because I'm telling you, I don't have those issues. People would tell me you can't do that. Even now, well, you know, you really can't be, you shouldn't be able to, yeah, that's like telling your smartphone it shouldn't be able to do what it's doing. It's programmed, it's loaded, it's ready, it's doing it. I have never had those issues. I've had more issues from external things and people who don't know God or have not connected with God like that than I've ever had with my inability or my ability to do anything. God wanted assessments, I did assessments. He wanted books, I did books. He wanted curriculum, whatever he wanted. I tell him that all the time. I say, Jesus, you know, I just told him last night, I said, God, whatever you want, I'm going to do it. See, the problem is you've been told that you can, God has to get permission. And see, God's not going to get, God's not going to waste his time trying to win you over to get permission when he can just go and get the vessel there to get it done. He's not going to waste his time with your permission. The Holy Spirit is, you just have to answer. He's a gentleman. He's not going to know. God asks, and he doesn't ask you because he doesn't know you're going to say no. He asks you so that when you stand before him at the end of your life, you, can, you cannot accuse him of passing you over when you would have said yes. He proves that you would have said no by getting you to say no now. Now that's a matter of record, and he's moving on. <laughs> that's not okay. 
So, because remember, in God, people, in God, what God knows does not bless the world until it comes out. God has all knowledge, but he did not pass that omniscience on to anybody but Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. That's it. Everybody else has a, has a measure of faith, a measure of knowledge. He, uh, come on, the man's not stupid. I'm not going to give my omniscience to black. That's creating the warfare. He doesn't need. He already got enough warfare by what he put on, what he passed on. He doesn't need any more. Okay. So what God knows is wonderful. It's perfect. He has no questions, no doubts. He's tested himself. He's put himself through the paces. But he's also aware that what he knows has got to be published to us. And it means it has to be made a matter of public record. So. It's nice to say God knows your heart. God knows my heart. He does. First of all, you're assuming he knows your heart the way you know your heart. And you're assuming that he approves of what you are proving of that's in your heart. Those are assumptions. Those are not truths. Those are not realities. Because God is true. So you, you realize that the excuse you gave yourself, you approve. But God is not accepting that excuse. Hmm. So God may know your heart, but God knows your heart as creator, as maker, as judge of the quick and the dead. That's how he knows your heart. Now, you know your heart as one of his creatures just trying to work it out, trying to make life work. So in order for, for God to let the people around you know your heart, he's got to expose you. And so you have to put you through circumstances. You, the, 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 what he said, the, the secrets of your heart are exposed. So let's not run on the God knows my heart thing and think that that's fine. No, that's God's secret intelligence. But now his public revelations and his public disclosures are revelations of what's in his heart. And bless his holy name, he doesn't, you know, and who Jesus loved this man because God told everything that he knew about our hearts, baby. Because we act like our hearts are just what we are aware of in that second. God's like, are you kidding me? I've been watching your heart since before it was made. Uh-huh. We saw when he wrote. <laughs> okay. Walked Everybody walked away because he was exposing hearts. Walked away. Just that. So you have to make sure that you want to do what God wants you to do. You know, I told you before one time that the Lord said to me when people said, well, God gave you all of that because he knew you would do it. And then they said, because he knew not to give it to me because I wouldn't do it. And God said, the problem is they think that's okay. Instead of being concerned that they couldn't rise up to that for the Lord or they weren't willing to give it to him, they just said, hey, this is who I am. God suck it up. Deal with it. He said, but I still needed it to be done. And so those of you who are willing to give God all, I'm telling you, there are no limits. This man, there is no limit, and God's appreciation is scary. You think you know. You know, 
because you got a little piece of harvest on this. But, but what God will trust you with and his appreciation because you have risen to the occasion for him because you broke ranks with the rebels, the dissenters, his adversary, his enemies, you know, the, the indifference, the whatever, you brought, and you wrote, I'm telling you, God's appreciation. You know, you may have his favor, but we don't always have his appreciation. Because we may not, we may take what he wants and adapt it to what works in this world. I can't even tell you how many times people tell me I got to adapt stuff. You know, I want to say something, and then I'm going to give, we're going to have a, just a little short test tonight. A little short one, but I want to say this. I was getting ready for the show, and the Holy God, I was thinking about a, a, an intercessor who wanted a house, and she prayed, and she decreed, and it, it was difficult, and she prayed, and she decreed, and she got in that house, and it was wonderful, and it didn't last. Now, why God brought this back to me, I don't know. But from that, he gave me a class, a quick class that he wants me to share with you. And I said, okay, Jesus, so why am I thinking? I said, but God, we always pray. We, we pray, we push it through, and we, we, you know, we do all of that. I said, but God, we do that all the time. I said, so what's wrong with that? I said, well, why is it that we don't keep it? He said, because not only is my word weighty, I'm able to bear the weight of my word. The more you add on your faith, the more you need the weight of God to carry what you put on your faith. He said, I've been trying my word for eons. So when you go and put your, when you put your faith out there to put something into manifestation, you have better make sure that your word can come on somebody. Ah, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, oh, shit, oh, oh. You have to get a little something there. For the king, for the holy one. Yeah, glasses. I can't tell you. Glory to Jesus. Let's hope we can find it, God. going to help us. We're getting a miracle <laughs> right now. We're getting enlargement, clarification. Hallelujah. Hebrews. I give you mine, but then you'll be able to see it the next week. Yeah, ooh, but that's not bad.
faith digs up and digs into your home. But look at this. Because of it, the ancients were all attested by faith. Now, listen, people, because I'm, I'm giving you a piece of revelation that's going to bless you. By faith, we understand that the universe was ordered by the word of God. Oh, there we go, something we can see. Let's be God. Hey, thank you. This is my scholastic look. Are you the Yes. And I'm seeing. By faith, we understand that the universe was ordered by the word of God so that, listen, this is good, so that what is visible came into being through the invisible. God says that several times throughout Scripture, which is the basis of our prophetic education. By faith, Abel offered to God a greater than, a sacrifice greater than Cain. Though this, through this, he was attested to be righteous, God bearing witness to his gifts. And through this, though dead, he still speaks. His faith is still talking to them. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was found no more because God had taken him. Before he was taken up, he was attested to have pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him for anyone who approaches God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now we have faith by Noah. I mean, this is really good. By faith, Noah was warned about what had not yet, what was not yet seen, and he built his ark, and we go on. But I want you to understand that that God that God does everything by faith. Now I want you to recognize something about it: that God's word can bear His faith. His word can uphold His faith. So whatever His faith materializes, His word can hold it up. So why am I saying that? Because we've been taught: say it, name it, claim it, snatch it, take it, shake it, bake it, rock it, wake it, and all of that. And then we get it, but we, it slips through our fingers. Why? Because our word is not strong enough or our faith is not strong enough to uphold what we bring into existence. So God doesn't want you to stop doing that. He wants you to understand baby steps. So you're pushing for a house, and that is wonderful, but they, you should be getting a house uh, maybe uh, two-thirds of what you're really going after, but you're going to go for the house that's 125% more than you can afford because you have faith. But here's the difference. Here's the thing. Once you get that product, your faith must be unshakable on that issue because life starts happening. And there are things in life that begin to erode your faith. The warfare, the day-to-day routine, and the children, the job, and a lot of things. And, and, and you have to recognize that when God calls something into existence, his, he's called it into existence with the muscle and the weight of his word, as well as the, word, the, the ability of his word to bear the weight of his creation. And so no matter what goes on around that achievement or attainment, his word has been already strengthened to the point that he can keep on or hold on to what he, what he calls into existence, what he called to be. Does that make sense to you all? Are you all following me? If you have a question, I'll be glad to answer it because he was telling me this and he said, 
That's why my word is tried seven times. He said, I have to try my word, and I had to try it and try it through every possible trial that his existence could encounter. So you got a house, and you kept it three years, and then all the other crazy came in. All your faith began to wobble when other things started eating away at your money. Your faith began to wobble when things, when the, the the fantasy you had over that attainment cleared away like smoke in a room, and you looked at what you were really tied to. So yeah, we can name, we can pull things into existence. But God said to me today, He said, make sure that you your word can bear the weight of what you bring into existence. And the same faith that brought that into existence continues to multiply itself to keep it in your grip. That's why we have so many saints in debt, so many people who say, I used to have a house and I used to have a building and whatever, because we attainment faith and maintenance faith two different things. Your faith moves out of acquisition or attainment into maintenance and stewardship. And that's a different dimension of faith. All of a sudden, I don't want to put all my money in this house. All of a sudden, I don't want to put all my money in this business. All of a sudden, I just don't want to give my last dime for it. But see, that's the, that's the weakening of your faith. That's faith without integrity and faith without endurance. So some of us have very uh, durable faith and others do not. Your faith is not endurance. And, and the, the endurance of that's why it's faith. The endurance of your faith is integrity, is ethics, is righteousness, is morals, is sacrifice, is service, is suffering. All of that goes into. Come on, somebody, hear me. All of that goes into you keeping what has been entrusted to you. But fair weather faith is based on fantasy. And as soon as the fantasy smoke clears, you're tired of your, what you did, and you're looking to unload it. You're looking to get out of the deal. You're looking to offload it. But that's not God. God went, went to work to recreate the planet. He went to work to rebuild all that was in this world. He did it by his word, and then he, he crafted it or formed it by his own hand. And then he watched it go through. Now his faith is under test. From a faith under fire, his faith comes under fire. He's under test because now the two people that were supposed to make his labor worthwhile have just given themselves over to his adversary. He's got a great moment right now. This only two people. He just has to worry about it. It's just two people. So get rid of them. Start all over again. But if he does, he has to kill every other life that didn't do what they did. So we would have had to be annihilated even though we had not even come into existence yet. Because when God brings something into existence, it's always pregnant with purpose and future productivity. So he doesn't do that. And besides, he gets rid of those two. He's going to do it all of these animals. See, the whole thing is just really messy. So he's not doing that. But he's got to maintain what he brought into existence. And every step of the way, he's got to adapt to the perversion and the distortion of his initial vision 
and pursuit. And he's got to keep his word to every seed that he put in Adam and every egg he put in Eve. He's got to keep his word. Some of, some of you all are out of ministry because you had a fantastical view of what you thought it was. Those pew views are fantastical. Trust me, pew view of ministry is imaginary. We, we, and most people go in ministry on a pew view. And that pew view says, wow, look at everybody enjoying the pastor. Look at how many people carry his stuff in. Look at how many people to help her out in. Look at all of that. So then you start doing all you see without having a clue about what you are to become to do that job. You just know those two hours a week, and my gosh, that covetousness, that aspiration falls into covetousness instead of, uh, of, of revelation, and you, there you go. Most of you all, you got out of ministry because you, you got into it because of what you saw on Sunday and not because of what you learned. And when the reality of it, that Monday to Sunday reality, and that Monday to Sunday life started happening, you're like, I'm out. It don't take all of that. I cannot believe the God would call me to do that. The God I serve wouldn't want me to do that. I know this ain't God. Uh-uh, because if it's hard, it ain't God. If it's easy, then it's breezy. And all of that kind of crazy stuff. You come up with all these kind of cliches because your faith lacked integrity. See, I used to study faith when they were preaching it in its heyday. It, I used to study faith. And you know what? I kept saying, but God, why would you use the word faith until I realized that the evidence, Faith doesn't just evidence what you hope for. It evidences your character on that hope. It evidences your motivations on that hope. It evidences your aspirations. It evidences your, your root and your, your, your pursuit. It evidences the, the, what, you're, what you're really made of, your faculties, your durability, your endurance. It evidences things that that hope brings into existence. Because you just look at the object of your hope but you didn't look at the essence of the soul that hoped. And faith will evidence your soul. So you And God will let you get that product for you to see that your faith lacked integrity or your faith lacked endurance or your faith lacked morality or, or, or your faith lacked his righteousness or his truth or maturity or intelligence or prudence. Because I was so, I'm, I'm telling you, Man, I'm so excited about Jesus Christ because for the first time when he was talking to me, I realized what was lacking and yet what was being exposed in the faith message. The message was right, but we needed to go all the way to the depth of our souls. So God let you faith in something for you to see that your work, that your faith could bring it in. But your character and all of the other synonyms for your faith could not keep it, could not hold on to it, because your faith is, you, you look up the word, you look up the, I mean, I, I look it up, I said, man, Jesus, this faith thing is deep, you know, because I'm trying to figure out why, what, what is this all about, but when you look up faith, you look at all the other words, that, that the synonyms that go with it, you realize, wait a minute, I, um, if that's all, and I'm just going to give you a couple of them, faith, confidence, Trust, reliance, conviction, belief, assurance, any of those will start wavering. Devotion, loyalty, faithfulness, commitment, fidelity, constancy, and allegiance. See, all of that is in that little word called faith. That little five-letter word called faith. And that hope that you are using your faith to materialize 
to prove itself, to prove it exists. It doesn't just prove you can bring it into existence. It proves how it affects you and changes you when you do. So the evidence of your hope is what that faith is going to bring in. So you'll get that house or you'll take the faith. I asked God to give me money to pay my rent, and my friend came over and loaned me the money, and I paid my rent, and you never came back. That faith evidenced your character. So you got that bill paid, you got your rent paid, but your evidence wasn't just that you got the money, but it also showed what was in you once you got what you wanted. Faith evidence what you do after your prayers are answered, what you do with answered prayer, what you do with petitions are granted. And that's what God wants you to get today. Tonight, as I'm talking to you, because he started talking to me about that, he said, but my word can bear up. Even when I'm tested, even when I am treated wickedly, even when I'm cursed out, even when I'm violated, everything, but my word bears up because I don't go back and revoke my word because a later situation puts too much pressure on it. How much pressure can your word take? How much pressure can your faith take? What is it that your hope is going to evidence? about you, about who you are, about what you do once you have your way. Because that's what it's talking about. What is it that God can expect or or will expose about you when you get your way? What will it expose? Will it expose that you wanted it and now you change your mind, that you're short-tempered, that you are, that you all of a sudden you don't want to serve him, all of a sudden, you got what you want. You're too busy. I can't go to church. There's the evidence that I'm not going to give offerings. I'll give him tithes on $100 a week, but I'm not going to give him tithes on $5,000 a week. See, are your, come on, somebody, hear me, because whoever you are today, you ask God for an answer, because this, this man just turned what I was going to teach. I spent all afternoon preparing something else, but he turned this for you. Because you need to understand that God is true, and every man is a liar. Let God be true. So God is a just God, and you think you know what happened. You think you understand what happened. Well, I'm just not doing anything. I'm not praying for people anymore because. But you know what? Your faith in that calling was tried, and it was tried to evidence why you answered it and what you were going to do with the fruit that God gave you. So it's not just evidence of your material hope. It's evidence of your makeup and what your word can bear. Can your word take the pressure when that gift, when that petition is answered, when that object is obtained, can your word take the pressure of maintaining it when life keeps going on, because life will continue to go on. You get a car today, that joy was wonderful that day. First month, six months is wonderful, but you know eventually you have to settle down and say, but it's a car. And it's a car with a car note. And then I got to pay. And it's a car with higher insurance that I've got to pay. And it's a car that I've got to maintain and clean and keep up. So wonderful. 
that you got your faith answered. You materialize that faith, but what will it evidence about who you are as a winner, as an achiever, as an attainer? Because that's where you and God are today. God is like, I answered your prayer, and what did you do with it? I answered your prayer, and what did you do with it? Gave you an apartment. God, I promise you, give you an apartment. I promise you, God, if you give me this apartment, I'm going to keep it straight. No, you're not only going to keep your apartment straight. You got a whole bunch of people up there or in your house illegally, should not be there because they're not on your lease. You got bill. You won't pay the water bill, won't pay the light bill, rerouting the cable. You have to understand your faith is going to evidence everything surrounding that hope and everything that comes from it. I don't know who we were talking to tonight, but I'll tell you what God wanted to tell you. So you cannot say God's not faithful. God is faithful, but are you faithful? Because your faith has got to graduate to faithfulness. And some of you all, your faith has never graduated. You're still on obtaining faith. I can obtain it, but I can't maintain it. I can obtain it, but I can't live up to it. I'm going to give you a job. Oh, God, I promise you, if you just give me this job, it's going to be wonderful. You just give me this job. It's going to be great, Lord. I'm going to do everything you want. Honey, after, after the first six weeks, girl, they better be glad I showed up. Honey, they better be glad because, you know, I, it can take this. I don't really need this. You know, I can do so-and-so. All of a sudden, that you who has always been your own saboteur starts coming up again. That machine turns again. Self-sabotage. All of a sudden, and once you start thinking negative, all your negative ways come back. Suddenly, you can't hear the alarm clock. Hit, hit, hit. No time talking about why the clock didn't work. You beat it. It's dead. (laughs) (laughs) And they call it clock cheap because it can't take your pounding every day. You're going to get to work. Go on your break. You know good and well your break is 10 minutes. But you know what? You're going to add bathroom time to it and then come up with an emergency so you can steal time. See, we're supposed to be different, folks. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to set a standard. We're not supposed to add to the problems of the world. We were sent here to be the solution. Then you're going to go with the lunch. What you'll do is I'll just, I'm going to skip my break, and I'm, I'm going to hold my bladder, so I'm going to have to go to the bathroom, and then I have to get my break, and now it's lunchtime. And, 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 but your faith got you that job, but your faithfulness could not maintain the character because your character will always be tried when you get to another project, another level, another answered prayer. It will always be tried. I don't care who you are. And see, we don't tell you that. We just say, girl, you just, you just go on and snatch it, stand on that Bible, tell that devil. I'm here to tell you that devil wants you to tell him. <laughs> that devil's like, tell me, because he's been talking to you a long time. But I'm saying to you tonight, stop facing in what, the, what you cannot maintain and live up unless you're ready to put yourself through a trial, because every answered prayer comes with trials. Everyone. 
You get a breakthrough? I want to get in the house. You used to pay rent and call in the landlord and the janitor. Now is you are the landlord and the janitor and the and you got to pay the pay the mortgage and they don't care that the pipe broke. It's your pipe. Fix it. It ran on your neighbor's lawn and messed up the dog and the flower patch. You owe you owe for that because you got answered prayer. Prayer comes with more than benefits. And then after that, and before you know it, your gratitude is gone. You mad now? And God gave me. He could have gave me a better house. He probably could have gave the house a better landlord. Oh, how I love you. Sing it off. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love you, Jesus. Because you said. Sing it off, come on, sing it off, because you know you're a little tight right now, but y'all be loving on me. <laughs> come on, come on, love on me, give me my heart, give me my stuff, because I need you to recognize that there's always two sides to every story, and you are not the same face of a single coin. The other side of the story is what happened to and what came from. And God is getting ready to bless you whenever, because, you know, some of you all go, you know, but, I mean, that's just, that's just rough, that's hard. Listen, if the only reason that God ever admonishes you like this is because he gets ready to bless you. And he's training you before he provides what he wants, because he doesn't want to lose or, or fail to get a harvest of what he's about to give you. So he's alerting you to yourself right now so that you can prepare yourself, shift your consciousness, Change your psyche so that this blessing doesn't slip through your fingers. This job doesn't just get taken away. Your car doesn't get repossessed. You sit there and let the man talk you into a car that is $200 more a month than you can afford, and you know what you tell yourself you're going to do? Well, I'll just do some overtime and make it up. You don't do overtime to buy the car, so what's going to make you want to do overtime to make it up? You'll do overtime six weeks after that, you're done. It's a 60-month lease. You're not going to do overtime for 60 months. Now, granted, you might get a better paying job. It's worth the risk. But if you're going to take a risk, control your risk. You must do that. The only reason that God does times like this is because he's getting ready to bless you. He's getting ready to bless you on something that you shouldn't have, something that you have let slide, but he's, this wheel is turning back around again, and you're getting another opportunity. What will you do with it? What will you do with it? What will your faith evidence? What will, what will your faith actually say about you, about who you are in God, and about what God is doing for you? Because, see, faith is, is going to evidence your hope. So what were you really hoping? Well, here's some of the things that evidence does. It's an indicator, and it's a sign and a signal, a mark and a proof. A confirmation. It provides data that substantiates and verifies. It supports. It's a testimony. What will your faith and your hope make known evidence about you, other than you can get what you said and you can decree it and it's so? Should you decree some of those things you're decreeing? Can your word take the pressure? Can your world take the pressure? 
Can your work take the pressure? Should you? Because one thing that people learn about God, God's prudence, there are reasons why he made you wait 10 years because he didn't want you to lose it. There are reasons why he made you wait for that baby and you waited, and it's not all your friends, kids in college, and you fussing because the kid he has for you is, is a kid that's going to make things happen and needed an older substance for its material, for its genetic makeup. There's a reason why Mary could produce John the Baptist who could take the pressure. Or excuse me, Elizabeth. And Mary had to produce Jesus because he wasn't going to live long on the planet. Pure, young, strong. He needed strength. Elizabeth could produce John, and God made her wait. Made her wait. There are times that God makes you wait because who you are later in life is a better version of who you were when you began, which means you'll produce, a, you'll produce a different type of kid because of your hormones and emotions and everything that goes into making you who you are. You can produce, and you know the children of older parents. They're wiser, they're settled, they're smarter, they have better instincts. Come on. Children are teenagers, sweet kids, but the kids and the teenager both are just, okay, I bet. Did I say that? Was I nice? Yes, I, I was nice. Did you see that? I was nice. When God wants somebody to move in, move in heavy things and he wants you to produce a child that's going to handle heavy things for him, they're late in life children. Because all the things that you've learned and all the things that you've gained, they changed you and they turned you into something else. They stabilized you. They, have, they, they, they brought your genetic makeup to their full maturity and thus reproducing a child that is very unique, old for his years, smart just because. Now, I'm not saying this by scientists. I am so not a scientist. I like the scientific community. I, I, I know most preachers don't. I do. I don't know why. They, they, they make good sense to me. But I am telling you this by the Holy Ghost, why God made you wait for this thing. Hold on, Cookie. Some of y'all had to wait. Somebody else you went, you told God you're going to get your tubes tied. God said, you're not going to do it because I got one more kid. And that's the one I was waiting for. So we got a lot to learn tonight. Let me know what you thought about tonight, huh? Are you going to let me know? Because you're going to sing it off, right? We're just going to sing it off. Yes. We will be back Thursday for the Paula Price Show, 11 o'clock Central Time, Oklahoma, and then Thursday evening for Prophetic Ed. You are going to love them both. Meanwhile, listen to this again and again. Pull out your prayer journals. Pull out your grief journals. Pull out all your disappointment notes and bring them together and, and look at this word again and watch God answer you. Until Thursday, God bless you and good night. <laughs> ah, cookie. Ah.